For so many modern-driven women, life is about being more than one thing. We're multidimensional, and so are our conversations. We carry multiple identities. We can be both mother and artist, both attorney and entrepreneur, both clinician and CEO, both humble and proud. Life for women like us is about both, about all of the above. It's about the and. Our stories are the stories of so many of you. We wanted the freedom and flexibility to live life on our own terms, and we felt the pull to be more present with our families. But we still felt drawn to contribute, to build, and to create. And we wanted to establish financial security for ourselves and our children. For us, that looked like founding software companies, but for you, that may look different. Our mission is to help other smart, conscious women build and grow businesses on the internet. Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating, but it doesn't need to be. Join us for honest conversations about what it really means to grow an online business that aligns with your values and adds something meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And you're listening to the And She Spoke podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Marvelous. Marvelous helps you build and grow your own courses, memberships, and live streamed programs. Go from idea to open for business in just minutes. If you're looking for a simple, beautiful, custom branded platform to build and grow your online business, you can learn more at heymarvelous.com. Hello, Sandy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Angie Spoke podcast. Hey, Jenny. All right, Sandy, this is a serious one. <laughs> so in between all of these conversations about cryptocurrency and Web3 and all kinds of serious things around marketing and business and the patriarchy, I guess that's also what this is about. We are going to revisit and record a new conversation about the value of a wife. And that has been our most controversial episode. I think it's now three years old. We released it about three years ago. And we continue to receive comments and feedback on that show. And it caused quite a kerfuffle in some of our personal lives when we released it, which I think is is like the mark of doing real work. And so we're going to have a follow-up conversation. And you requested this, Sandy. So let's go ahead and dive in. So, okay, Sandy, so, tell us why we're talking about this again. Okay. So back then, back then when we recorded that first episode, we had read Tiffany Dufu's book called Drop the Ball. And it was really revolutionary for, I think, both of us that there was this successful professional woman who was like losing it and asked her husband to help. And she was kind of like doing everything and what was so remarkable in that book was like she asked for help and was able to sort of evenly distribute sort of the workload of the household, the running of the household. And he found ways, her husband found ways to do things in a more efficient way than she did. And she was like, you know, why didn't I ever think of that? And so basically I've just sort of had that, that's my experience. And I've thought about Tiffany Dufu since then, of course, telling myself, why do you not ask for more help? Why don't you ask for someone to take that duty or that task or whatever. And I have spent, and I'm sure anyone in a heterosexual relationship will understand what I'm saying. It's been building like pressure inside me of anger and frustration. I'm trying not to cry in this podcast. Just everything lands on me, everything. And it's been a horrible, horrible way to live, but I don't help myself. I just sit there and get mad and, you know, bitch to you. But it's just everything. 
everything, you Mm -hmm. know, and I absolutely lost it a few weeks. It was right before visibility week. For those of you that attended, I walked out. I'm just like, Mm -hmm. I was making dinner and I, there was dishes on the counter and I, a moment I snapped and I'm like, and my husband, my son is upstairs playing video games and my husband's on the couch reading something on his phone, both in front of screens. And here I am working, you know, trying to get dinner for them and for me, but they're not doing anything. And there's dishes everywhere and nobody thinks about anything, you know, to help. And it was just this moment where I'm like, I just turned him. I'm like, I got to go. Like, it wasn't like I left him. It was like, I need a break. Where my exact words, I need a break. I'm going to my work condo. I need a break. And I just, I walked out. I said, dinner's on the stove. I need a break. I'm gone. And he was like, what? And I just like, I left. And I came here and I was so mad. I'm so mad that that house feels to me like a part-time job. And it's because I'm separated, I think, because I have my home and I have this work condo and I come here and then I go home. So it's very separate, you know, Mm -hmm. like regular jobs when you go to office or whatever. And I come home and all I feel is like I have to start my second job, you know, that second shift concept. I got to, you know, empty the dishwasher. I got to wipe the counters down. I got to like clean the dishes in the sink because my son comes home and makes pizza every day and nobody's doing anything. And I was doing things like leaving the basket of laundry of just socks that I just cannot match and fold. I cannot do the sock. I cannot do the socks. I'm going <laughs> to leave it right there. I'm going to leave it right there and see how long till someone actually helps me. And nobody does. And the anger comes up and the resentment comes up and it is cycled through every single day and I lost it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that's accurate. <laughs> I would say, cause you messaged me when you went back to your work condo and then we got on a call. You were like, I'm and- going to bed. Is this a real crisis or a fake crisis? I'm like, this is a real, no, Jenny, yeah. this is a real crisis. <laughs> yeah. I go to bed at like seven o'clock in the evening now. <laughs> I like go to read and relax in bed at seven. Yeah. And it was. And so we got on the phone and I mean, you were definitely going through something. You were processing a lot of emotion. And I would say like everyone listening can probably relate to this. And I can definitely relate to this although my life looks nothing like that anymore. And so tell everyone what happened. So we talked, we had a conversation and you just basically shared everything that you just shared right now. You shared with me. And then I asked you, like, what do you want to do about it? And what in that moment, like that evening, like how were you thinking? Like, were you thinking of solutions? Like what would have made it better for you? A holiday on a beach. So my intention when I left was I just needed like a few hours break but in that moment when we spoke, I couldn't go back. I couldn't mm-hmm. go back to, I, I knew, like, I knew every fiber of my being was like, I am not going to live like this. I am not going to be the unpaid labor, the part, this is not going to be my part-time job. I am not going to be that person that is there mm-hmm. to support the men in my life and like feeding them dinner and they come home and dinner's, I'm not going to be that, like, so angry. Right. And so I recognized that I just, I wasn't ready. Like I had to figure this out. Like, what was I going to do? So I decided to stay here and sleep Mm -hmm. here instead of going home. So I phoned my husband and just said, I I need a break. I'm just not going to come home. I just need to stay away. That house is like a place of work. I walk in Mm -hmm. and I see all the things that need to be done. It does not feel like a home. It feels like work. And mm-hmm. so I went to Walmart, which because it was late, there's nothing open. I went to Walmart, which I don't ever really go there. 
and I needed pajamas and I needed some clean underwear. And I was like walking around and it was like winter and I had my coat on and I had, I bought some eggs and some oatmeal and some pajamas and I had it in my, and I bought a hairdryer and I had it in my arms. (laughs) I was like holding it in my arms and I started to get so hot and I was like trying not to cry. And I started to get so hot and my heart started beating really fast, like heart palpitations. I thought I was going to pass out in Walmart and I'm looking around for people to help me. (laughs) And I'm like, I have to tell them about my husband who I just had this big fight with and panic, right? But anyway, I made it through. So I just stayed here for two days and I finally went back and we just had a huge talk. And, you know, to his full credit, he listened. He understood. He absolutely (laughs) heard me, I think, for the first time in a long time. And at one point, I said, and this is really what I want to talk about. At one point, I know we're talking back before, I said, well, then you make dinner for 30 days. You try it. You make dinner every night for 30 days and do the grocery shopping and all that, blah, 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 blah. He's like, okay. And I said, right. You're going to make dinner for 30 days? He's like, yeah. And I said, okay. You know, like, yeah, go ahead and try. And he did. And yeah, and we're still in it. Next week is my last week. So what is so interesting to me? Number one, he saw that I was really struggling, really, really unhappy, constantly angry. Like this, it's like this low level anger all the time, low level Mm -hmm. resentment all the time, Mm -hmm. snapping, slamming, you know, just quick to react, grumpy. So he saw that, he recognized that he agreed something has to change because I'm like, I'm not living like this. This is not okay with me. And also that he was going to make dinner for 30 days and it started immediately. And so I have like, I go home. I haven't done the dishwasher. I haven't done any of the dishes in the sink or like pots and pans that maybe don't go in the dishwasher. I have not made a meal for three weeks now. And he comes grocery shopping with me. So we do it together, which is way more fun. But, you know, part of that was because the pandemic, we couldn't, we were only allowed one person. But it is the most, so this was through visibility week. We had mm-hmm. so much work to do and mm-hmm. we created so much new content. So every day we were constantly fiddling with decks and, you know, playing with things. And so every day I'd walk the dog, go home. And I would work and he would make dinner. I'd go home, I would work and he would make dinner. And he'd be in the kitchen, you know, banging, cooking, (laughs) boiling. And I was working and I felt no guilt, no guilt Mm -hmm. at all. And before I would have, I'd be like, it's my job. It's my rule. I'm supposed to be helping. It's not fair if he's all doing it. Like to me, I'm such a like collaborative, I need a partner. And if Mm -hmm. one person, if it's unbalanced, I get really upset, you know, either way. So if someone's working, I will go help them. And I don't actually know how I would have gotten through Visibility Week, Jenny, without having that. But I love it. Like, I don't have to think about what's for dinner. I don't have to take anything out of the freezer. I don't have to, you know, what pot is clean or like that mental energy is real. And I have never, ever, ever released it until the last three weeks. Hmm. For decades. Like how long have you guys been married? Oh God, since probably like over 20 years. Yeah. Decades. It is like, if you can talk to, if you have whatever partner, like make that deal for even a week. It is unbelievable to release I don't have to think. And the creativity and the more work that I could do, Mm -hmm. we talk about that emotional labor. I had no idea. I had no idea until I got rid of it how heavy that was. And I will never go back. Mm. 
Yeah, that's so interesting. So like 30 days is almost over. So what is the plan yeah. after that? So I think we still have to kind of work that out, but I really want to split it. So either like I do meals for a week or he does, we just alternate weeks or, Mm -hmm. you know, days of the week. Right. But I'm kind of leaning towards the full week because to release that fully for a longer period Mm -hmm. of time is amazing. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that, so we have to work that out. So I can let you know exactly how that shapes out. But we also have a 17-year-old who's going to be 17 on Monday. And he's going to participate. He's a really good cook. And so obviously I don't want to teach him that women do all the labor, which was exactly what I have been doing. He's going to be involved in the plan as well. Like maybe he does Friday dinners or something like that. And one of the biggest things that I realize, like, of course, my anger is directed at men and my husband and my son and the world and society and the patriarchy and all the things. But one of the things that the biggest learning I had in this is how much my suffering was caused by me. And there was a moment in that big talk where, and I was like pointing at the laundry basket, like, and those socks, your socks have been sitting there for two weeks and no one is helping me. And he's like, he's just like, huh? Like he didn't even see it as a problem, right? Like I like put mm-hmm. it right in the, in the middle of the room so people have to walk around it and they just walk around and they don't do anything. <laughs> and so he said to me, Sandy, I have never, ever asked you or expected you to fold my socks. And I was like, what? Like it truly, like, what are you mm-hmm. saying? He's like, I've never, I don't expect you to fold my socks. I'm like, yeah, but they're right there and they're not done. So if they're not done, the message to me is like, you do them. He's like, Mm -hmm. no. He said, I'll do them. If my socks are not folded, that's on me. I will go down to the laundry room and grab socks off the laundry table or dryer, wherever they are in their unfolded state. Right. I was like, huh? And it was like this moment, it sounds so stupid to say this story over, but it was like a moment where all that expectation and pressure was a hundred percent me. There are unfolded socks. This will be like our metaphor now. There are unfolded socks that I thought needed to be folded, that I was expected, people were waiting for me to do. Nobody was thinking about the socks at all except for me, all on me, right? So mm-hmm. I think the problem is the work, the work that's not done, that's the problem. And the problem is my thought, I am expected to fold the goddamn socks. Mm -hmm. So I was like, do you mean I'm just going to put those down there and you're just going to like, I'll create a basket of, I'll just shove all your socks in there if I'm doing the laundry and you'll just go and get them as needed. He's like, sure. I'm like, okay, salt. Right. And just like, Mm -hmm. poof, it was no longer a problem. But Like the point is like how much of our thoughts are causing this agony and this resentment and this anger, right? Mm -hmm. Because I thought that everyone else thought I was supposed to do that and they weren't thinking that at all. Let me ask you a question. So it doesn't bother you that there's a basket of socks? No. Like that doesn't bother you at all? You're not faced by it? Huh? Interesting. It bothers me when it's in the middle of the living room floor. But if, you know, down in the laundry room, if there's just a thing of, I'm actually going to probably buy something for his socks and it can just, I'll just throw them in there. I don't care. I don't ever see it. Mm -hmm. Would that bother you? Yeah. 
I think that's the difference. I yeah. mean, not, not, not if they had like a bin that was their bin. So yeah. like what you're, yeah. the way you're going to solve the problem, but definitely to have them in the middle of the house would bother me. Yes. Yes. I mean, that's ridiculous. No, but yeah. So solve, he doesn't expect mm-hmm. me to do them. He's probably not going to do them right away. Solve mm-hmm. the solution. We'll put him in some kind of basket on the laundry table, whatever he can do it or not do it. I don't care as long as I don't have to do it. Yeah. You know, I've read like different blog posts, parenting blog posts and stuff about people that just like don't fold their kids' clothes. Mm -hmm. They just like Mm -hmm. stick them in drawers or something or bins Mm -hmm. and don't fold them. And I was always, they're like, I don't want to do that. I don't have time for that. I mean, I like folding laundry. I think it's really meditative. It's like the one chore that I like to do. Oh my God, I hate it so much. So, but I mostly like, I like folding kids' clothes, especially. So that's just different. That's just a weird thing. But no, I mean, I think that's super interesting. So to me, the big takeaway here is that you had internalized so many expectations Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. yourself that you thought were coming from other people towards you. And then that was really the problem. But, But at the same time, Sandy, like if you've been cooking dinner every single night for 20 years, like there's also this idea just to play devil's advocate that like that's not appropriate, right? And that that like, how did it get to be that way? Like that to me is like cult, like societal mm-hmm. or cultural expectation that that's normalized. Yeah. So I think, so we talked about that. And I think part of it was that when I was like 29 or 30, I was diagnosed with cancer, breast cancer. And I significantly changed the way that I ate, right? As mm-hmm. we do, because we're trying to figure out, like trying to survive, mm-hmm. And so I did a lot of different things, like went dairy-free and went gluten-free and all these things. And he couldn't keep up with what was going on. So he never felt comfortable cooking because he didn't know what I was doing that week, right? So in his mind, he was afraid that he would make something that I wouldn't eat or would, you know, I would perceive as going to kill me, you know, if I did, whatever. So I get it. But that was a long time ago. And mm. I said to him, if you are going to do dinner, so he's like, well, what should I make? Like, I don't want to do da, da, da. And I was like, I don't care. Like, as long as I am not the one to decide, it's the decision that is just mm-hmm. as exhausting to me as the actual labor of making dinner. If you take that on and make dinner and I don't want to eat it, then that's on me. But at least I didn't have to make it. He's like, really? I'm like, yes. Like, it's your responsibility. I don't care if you make the biggest pasta and cheese dinner ever or order food. Like, I don't care. I just don't want to do it. And that was sort of eye-opening to him that it was the labor, like not the Mm -hmm. labor, but the decision. Because sometimes Mm -hmm. like in the past, I would come home and I'd be like, oh, I just can't make dinner. I'm so tired. Can you just please order the food? Or just, can you just order food for us? And he's like, sure. What do you want? okay, that is not helpful. Like, I just need you to decide. Okay. He's like, well, did you want this or this? I'm like, no, no. I just, I literally, I don't want to make a decision. Can you please just do it from beginning to end? And he couldn't understand that until I explained that. Yeah. So it was just, so I think it's like the history of that. And he, it's so funny to like watch him make dinner and he like burned a few things because he like forgot, went out to the garage and a shop or whatever. And I'm like, see, you have to be here mentally to be like, you can't just tune out, right? I'll see him like run out to the truck to go to work. And then he comes back because he forgot to take something out for dinner, like out of the freezer for dinner, right? I'm like, you know, I'm just like, these little fireworks are going off and I'm like, see, see, see. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I just, it was so illuminating to release that. Like, 
You know, Jenny, we would go on business trips. And one of the, my favorite things about business trips is there's no dishwasher to load and unload. And mm-hmm. those moments and breaks of the routine mm-hmm. are so crucial to my mental health. And of course, we haven't had that for the pandemic. And I think that was part of the like the buildup is like there's been no reprieve from the goddamn yeah. dishwasher. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's important just for lots of reasons to just get to break the pattern and break the habit and just get out of your normal life for a few days. Yeah. That's so interesting. So has he like, does he seem like he's like been under a great deal of stress from this? Like, is he over like ready for it to be done or he's fine? No. So that's, that's a good question. So I'm like, Whoa, it's so hard. And And he just like runs in and takes something out of the freezer, throws it in the fridge goes to work. No drama, no nothing. And this Mm -hmm. is like the Tiffany Dufu thing too, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not a big deal to him. I don't know Mm -hmm. that he would want to do it for 20 years, but there's no drama. He's just like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I just, and he'll come home, he'll ride his bike. He comes home. He's like dripping sweat from a bike ride. He's like chopping (laughs) up onions, you know? And I'm just like giggling behind the scenes. Like he's in it, he's doing it to his credit. Like that's amazing. Like there's probably some men that be like, nope, I'm out. But I watch him and he's not like huffy and slam in the fridge like I was. He's just like, it's not a big deal. It's just, I'm going to make dinner. It's not a big He didn't know what a big deal it was to me. Like mm-hmm. he just didn't realize. And mm-hmm. so now he does. And so he's helping. And so I think that's also like I'm watching him not make it a big deal. And so it's all my thoughts like, oh, I have to cook dinner again. And that is really, really toxic, right? Mm-hmm. And I would listen to people like, oh, you got to make dinner and, you know, put love into your food. I'm like, I put hate in my food at this point. I am like (laughs) seething anger into the food as I cook it, you know, just prior to the whole meltdown. So Mm -hmm. anyway, I just wanted to share it because I don't want any of us to use the patriarchy against ourselves, which is we can be mad at the partner, at the world, at the whatever, but ultimately it's happening And so how do you want to show up in your life? Ask for help, number one. Like, don't be bitter and angry and continue to do it all yourself like I did, right? Like, ask for help. He Mm -hmm. didn't even know. And he was more than willing to help. Wasn't Mm -hmm. a big deal to him. Like, very minimal effort for him. Mm -hmm. And then two, just like watch your own expectations of your own behavior, like what you said before about like the internalized beliefs of your own role in your life just challenge them. Do you want to live like that? Is that true? Do you want to believe that? Do you Mm -hmm. want to continue? Because there's always an option, a way to get out. Yeah, I think that's totally right. I mean, you know, and this is coming on the heels of basically the same situation happening with me two years earlier or something. So, and I've never gone back to making dinner just for all of the listeners. (laughs) Like I've never, like ever for more than two years, I've not made dinner one time, like at all. So like we don't have the shared thing that you guys are rolling into, but it's basically, I had a very, you know, very similar situation. And I think that so much of it is exactly what you're saying. Like my husband still is like, just, if you want me to do something, just ask me, like, I don't mind. And I'm like, what? How can you not mind? I mind so much. Right. Like, (laughs) how can you just not mind? He's like, I don't care. Just be nice to me. Just ask me. But and that's so, a self-imposed patriarchy. Yeah, it is. That is it's it. totally self-imposed. And so I think that the, especially if you're building a business, I know yeah. um, part of this is like we work too, right? Like we are doing lots and lots of labor in our lives. And so it's this like 
and <laughs> raising children and you know creating companies and scaling companies and having jobs and all the things that we all do it's not like our bodies are not designed to keep up with that culture. Like mm -hmm. the way the patriarchy lives within us mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the, like the lifestyles that we have, like it's incompatible. Like you can't be a healthy, sane person and have both is what I would say. Like, that's my takeaway from it. So I think it's like, what a blessing in disguise that this happened, that you mm -hmm. just had that snap yeah. because now you're like, hopefully your life is forever changed because yeah. now you can make different decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And I knew from reading Tiffany's book just to ask for help like she did, but mm -hmm. for some reason, and this is the patriarchal part, like I just, it just felt like breaking a rule. It felt wrong. It mm. felt like what's wrong with me. It felt weak. It felt all these things. And now I'm like, oh my God, Sandy, seriously, mm -hmm. seriously, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. much time you wasted and so much time being unhappy, unnecessarily mm -hmm. unhappy. And just like your husband, it's like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. It's like, oh my, what? Is that easy? What the heck? Right? And everybody's going to be different, but there is always a solution, I think. And you just have to step up. And that's the part of like believing in your own voice and your ideas and like pushing to what you want. Like, I'm not mm -hmm. okay with this. Not who I'm going to be. So. Yeah. And you know what? If you don't, like if you are without a partner or you have a partner that isn't able or willing to do these things, like you can outsource, you can hire, yes. you know, like you yes. can hire someone or you can like share the responsibility with your children, whatever it is, like you have options. And so I think that's the other thing is like some people get there by doing what you have done and what I have done by sharing the responsibility and just asking for help with, from a partner. But other people just have decided to prioritize how they spend their money so that they yeah. purchase that assistance. And so I, I think like you just have to be really intentional about where you want to focus your energy and your time. And then you can find solutions for the things that you don't want to do or that don't move the needle in your life. Like I think it, what an empowering way to think, mm -hmm. right? Like there's the, yes. you don't, no one has a gun to your head. You don't have no. to do anything ever, like ever. No, that's right. It's all up to you. I think your, your emotional well-being is up to you despite horrible things happening, you know, being said to you or happening, all of it. Yes. The world mm -hmm. is awful and unfair sometimes, but at mm -hmm. the end of the day, you experience your own life. You're the only one who experiences your own life. And it's critical that you choose how you're going to mm -hmm. think and mm -hmm. feel and live. Mm -hmm. All right, folks. Thank you, Sandy, for sharing your story today. And we will see everyone next week. Hey, before you go, if you enjoy listening to our podcast and you know that your future involves teaching or coaching online, check out our Inner Circle experience. It's where we take these concepts, women in business, money, online business strategy, mindset, feminism, and help our clients take their expertise and transition it to an online offering. It's a one-year program with high-touch strategy and mindset coaching, online business courses, and the best community on the internet. To apply, head over to theinnercircle.works, fill out our short two-minute application, and if we believe you're a great fit, you'll receive access to a private advanced training on creating a profitable online business and all the program details. Go to theinnercircle.works to learn more.